Compared to Skyrim, how but, are they? Because again, I don't know look, which are three. Which uh, have is the I bigger? Have I shared my view about Skyrim? Go ahead. I hate it. Really? I thought you really liked I Skyrim for a while. Hate Skyrim. Whoa. Hot takes. Oh my gosh. Abound. Welcome back to Digitally Distracted. I am Game Dave. I'm Gerald. And uh, we've got another episode for you. And we've got one more episode coming after this, which will sort of cinch season one. But we'll talk more about that at the end of this episode. Because for now, episode 19, we're going to be talking about our favorite video games of all time. But also why they are our favorite video games, which might open up sort of, um, you know, what our video game interests are. Mm -hmm. Sort of like uh, when we did the episode talking about video game genres right. and sort of what our favorite genres were or what the best genre was. I think that's all going to kind of coincide and come together. But to start off, to kick it off, you said something just a bit ago that I think would be a great starting point. And this is a debate that has been had on... Uh, many different formats, including another podcast that I guested on long ago, the Let's Get podcast. Um, and on that podcast, they were talking about this sort of versus situation, which is the better game, Super Mario Brothers 3 or Super Mario World? Because mm. those seem to be like the two of the best classic Super Mario games. Right. And there are these two camps. There's these Super Mario Brothers three diehards and these Super Mario World diehards. And you just mentioned because we're talking about favorite games, we're going to go through several. And we can't think of every favorite game because I mean, there's there's probably fifty games that I would say are my favorite games of all time. But you can only think of so many off the cuff, right? Because it's it's a thing of is a favorite game just a game you really really like? Is it does it make it a favorite game because you spent the most time playing it? Yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah. Also. Dave just told me the topic literally two minutes before we started I'm shooting. I'm very nice about doing that so, for Gerald. Yeah, so I'm just kind of scrambling in the back of my mind right now trying yeah, to... Yeah, favorite games. Well, that's good. So yours will be very much gut reaction. Mm -hmm. These are my favorite games. Like, if off the top of your head, favorites. Mine, a little bit more thought. <laughs> like an extra hour or two. Right. Of <laughs> thoughts. But you said Super Mario Brothers 3. Yes. Definitely a favorite. Mm-hmm. And I am in the camp of Super Mario World, which is on my list. Super Mario World, by far, my favorite Mario game in the main platforming style mm -hmm. of all time. Super mm -hmm. Mario World, by far, my favorite. They just added so many things I like. Why do you like Super Mario Brothers 3 so much? You know, I think that was really the, the first game for me that was just super polished mm -hmm. it was kind of the pinnacle yeah. of what the nes could do yeah. in a platforming game like that yeah um and it it really opened up to, to in my mind what consoles were really able to accomplish you know and what video games actually could really accomplish because mm -hmm. you had the world map right 
you know, that sort of overworld. You had, you know, several worlds. Yep. You had all the tricks and Easter eggs and secrets and the flute to skip through the worlds. It was a lot going on. It was. In Super was. Mario Brothers 3. Graphically pretty good, too. And I think that's, that's for me, you know, well, World was pretty good, too, though. Yeah, um, World, I mean, Super Nintendo is a much different... Yeah. Yeah, style, and that's and that's why, like, I can I could definitely see where you're coming from. Where even though it's a different style, mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of why I don't. I feel like it it sort of out of place in you know in, in the uh, in the IP. It, it feels it just it feels out of place to me. Super Mario World, World, yeah. Hmm. Now that I feel like that's a. That's a statement that they made on the Let's Get podcast episode where they were kind of talking about it more. It's sort of an ongoing thing on their show where they mm -hmm. always ask their guests, all right, Super Mario World or Super Mario Brothers 3? Mm -hmm. And it could also be the nostalgia factor, too, because I probably, well, I don't know. You know, it can't be the nostalgia factor for me because I remember getting Super Mario Brothers 3. Because that was one of the few NES games that I remember getting, uh, purchasing brand new. Yeah, me too. Me too. And, and really looking forward to it. Like, you, yeah. it was one of the mm -hmm. first where I knew it was coming out. Like, yeah. I knew it was coming. Mm -hmm. Looking forward to it and have that anticipation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember buying it new. I don't know if I was aware that it was coming as much because I was, you know, a little younger. Mm -hmm. But I remember we went to Toys R Us. That's where we picked it up. We got the little slip out. Yeah. Went to the back. They brought out the box. I remember that bright yellow box, which was just like, yeah. You didn't see a lot of games in a mm. bright yellow box. It was a very specific yellow. Yeah. And just, just Mario in the raccoon suit just yep. on the front. And uh, I was upset because we couldn't go right home to try it. We had to go to my great-grandmother's house. So we had to drive all the way to her house, which was way far away from where we lived, and I'm just sitting in the back with this game and no way to play it. So I'm like ripping it open, literally ripping it open because we didn't care about the boxes. Looking at the manual, looking at the cartridge, just super pumped to play it when I eventually got home. And I, I mean, I spent a lot of time playing Super Mario Brothers 3. And just, I would say I'm pretty good at Super Mario Brothers 3. It's not the hardest game in the world, which I think is what is appealing about Super Mario games is that they're not like impossible right. to beat. They're, they're a little more forgiving than a lot of other platformers and they just but that also says a lot about the controls because the controls are so tight everything feels right you never like if you die it was your fault mm. in a super mario game you're never like oh well if the controls weren't yeah. so the jump is laggy yeah you know i don't think i ever had that yeah that thought yeah because super mario just has such a solid everything's so tight it's like it's on you if you jumped into a pit that's on you mm -hmm. but for me super mario world it just talk about polish i think it just ooh, it brought mario into this this new look where it's like okay this is what mario is supposed to look mm. like now that cover of super mario brothers 3 is super iconic the drawing of mario mm -hmm. but the sprite to me does not look at all mm. like that art on the front of super mario brothers 3 which is why for me super mario world i mean it's it's a way closer I mean, I have I have some sprites decorating my console shelves over there, and yep. it just looks like Mario. Yeah. Those are the sprites from the game. Yeah, you're right. That's just him, but as opposed to the sort of the more pudgy, the more it's just different in Super Mario Brothers Three. And of course, you know they didn't have the graphical ability to go mm -hmm. that crazy, but it just felt more iconic to me. So finally, like locking down that version of the characters that have has become more iconic, and like the color schemes and things like that. Uh, Super Mario World, you got the introduction of Yoshi. 
Yoshi who's gone on to have his own games. Right. So, I mean, you can't can't fight that. And one of my favorite power-ups of all time is the cape, mm. which some may say, oh, that's just a knockoff of the raccoon suit from Super Mario Brothers 3. But, I mean, the cape just makes more sense to me. The flight, you can do sort of the belly flopping yeah. in the air infinitely, which is nice, whereas you're more limited with the raccoons. So, right, right. And it takes some mastering to get that so that you can fly in the air forever. Yeah, the keys, finding all the secrets and all the different entrances. The world map was just expanded upon. I think they took everything in Super Mario Brothers 3 and like, oh, we're going to take this and we're going to make it super mm-hmm. on the Super Nintendo. And I think they fully accomplished that. I don't think there's anything wrong with Super Mario World I just it's mm, it's good. I can replay that much easier for me to pick up and play Super Mario World than three. Mm, I, I can see I, that. No, 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 no. I can I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, because there's little things you can do, but you you kind of just the way that Super Mario World is where the world is connected in this big map that slowly reveals itself mm-hmm. instead of everything being separated into different worlds. It's kind of funny that Super Mario Brothers three has different worlds, and then Super Mario World is just one map. Right, right. It's kind of interesting, because it's dinosaur land. Right. It's technically where you are. So it's kind of interesting in that way that I just like that you're slowly revealing, it's like, oh, you're moving up into the next zone, but it's still this huge interconnected map. Mm-hmm. Instead of, oh, you go down, you beat this castle, and then you teleport to this next world, and you're in a new world. That, that appealed to me with yeah you know, no i can I, really I can appreciate it. that absolutely yeah and then you know you have the different colored yoshis which would have different power-ups and i just think it was uh you know being able to save those extra power-ups which you know it, it's just it's good yeah it's good super mario world is my favorite super mario brothers 3 probably your favorite probably classic yeah mario game. yeah mm-hmm. so even then any other things as to why super mario brothers 3 just mm, mm, just inches it out for you you know, like I said, it was sort of the the just seeing the pinnacle of the, the pinnacle, yeah. So I wonder if a Super Mario World type game had come out at the end of the Super Nintendo's life cycle, that that might have been the game. Yeah, game. yep, yeah. I mean, we kind of got that when I mean, you had Yoshi's Island, which mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just talk about now because that's also on my list. Yoshi's Island, which is technically Super Mario World Two, mm. just starring Yoshi and Baby Mario in a way, sort of the the prequel game and that that just sort of expanded on you know just the secret hideouts now they didn't have the cool connected world which sort of puts it lower on the list for me than super mario world because you went through sort of like chapters and it was like stage one one stage one two it wasn't separated into this cool world the same way you kind of moved around in a world but the main menu didn't really have this world view to it and it had these cool little mini games which was nice i don't know if you played yoshi's island but it's it's a pretty solid game um, with the except for the crying baby Mario, which is very irritating, got to deal with crying baby Mario, but it, it's a, it's a good game. It's very groovy, very like psychedelic style. Has that storybook sort of look. Um, you know, it's a good it's a good follow up. Very different though than Super Mario World in the in the style. Mm. Let's say about Super Mario World. Now we've got the Super Mario's talked about. Mm-hmm. Give me another game. Give me another game. Well, I think probably Zelda. Okay, which Zelda, though? Uh, probably the first one. Okay, so the original yeah. Legend of Zelda on yeah. the NES. Yeah, the original. Just because that was um, the beginning of, you know, I feel like these RPGs, you know, and sort of that that sort of open world kind of. Yeah, you're just kind of like, here, take this. Don't it's dangerous to go alone, yeah. Get out there and yeah. start exploring, yep. 
Mm-hmm. I can see that. Now, the, the original Legend of Zelda, I did not play until after I played Link to the Past okay. on Super Nintendo, which is not one of my favorite games of all time. Sorry, I'm not a Zelda boy. I'm not going to act like I am. You know? you Everybody's supposed to like Zelda. Sorry. I don't love Zelda. It's fine. Link to the Past is probably my favorite Zelda game, mm-hmm. but it is not one of my top games. Mm-hmm. I don't, like, um, look forward to going back and replaying that game. It's a great experience, but it's not something... I'm in love with. Similar mm-hmm. with like Star Fox. Like Star Fox is fun to pick up and play. I had it as a kid, but mm-hmm. it wasn't a game that I was like, ooh, I gotta play more of this. I'm just trying to think like as a as a designer to come up with Zelda, you know, how how you're gonna design the game and what it's gonna look like. It's just it was very innovative. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see, sort of like peel back the curtain and see how they drew out yeah. the levels and how they connected things. That's just so cool to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Legend of Zelda is a solid one. I'm sure a lot of people are with you on that. Yeah, Link to the Past, I think if I had to choose between Link to the Past, it's just that that Super Nintendo polish. Mm-hmm. But again, Super Nintendo was not a hand-me-down to me. NES was the hand-me-down mm-hmm. console. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was my first like real console experience. But the Super Nintendo, it was like, ooh, I'm going to get one. When I get that Super Nintendo, mm. You best believe. So when I finally got a chance to get it, I think I just loved everything so much. But when I was working on the list, it was really just classic Super Nintendo games that showed up as favorites. Like, if I look, Super Mario World, duh. Yoshi's Island, of course. Uh, I also have one here, Pilot Wings, which was a launch title, which I love Pilot Wings. One of my favorites on the Super Nintendo. But it's just Super Mario Kart. Mm-hmm which is still probably my favorite Mario Kart game. Mm. I'm not very good at the newer Mario Kart games. I was very good. I will say this. I was very good at the original Super Mario Kart, and I I just liked the two-player action. I remember playing that game for hours and hours in my buddy's house because he had a Super Nintendo and I didn't, and I I wanted to keep playing it. He's like, I just want to go to bed. I don't want to play anymore. That's how much I love Super Mario Kart. But it's a lot of the classics. And when we get into RPGs, which will be a big you know, a big favorites list there. Uh, you know, some of those are going to come from the Super Nintendo, but for me, it really is just those classic standout titles. And there were a lot of games on the Super Nintendo. There's a lot of hidden gems out there, but that we're talking about favorites right now, just the, the gut things that we just we just know. Now, NES, Legend of Zelda, of course, being one of yours, if we talk NES, for me, an adventure game that is probably my favorite would be Kirby's Adventure mm. on the NES, which was my first... Uh, experience with Kirby. I had not played the original Dreamland game on the Game Boy. I played Kirby's Adventure first, and I fell in love with that game. Just hundred percenting it and going into the extra mode. Uh, just the music, and the, I mean that's why I reviewed it on the channel. In a way, I reviewed it twice actually, but that's secrets. That's secrets of the old old videos. Yeah, if you review it twice, it must be pretty good, right? And. From there, I went into Kirby's Dream Land 2 on the Game Boy, and I didn't play the original Kirby on Game Boy until much later, which is when I first discovered that Kirby's ability to copy people's powers was not in the first game, hmm. which is crazy to think about. You're so used to, oh, yeah, he sucks them in, and he copies their power. But in the first game, that wasn't something he could do. Mm-hmm. He just could suck them in and spit them out, eat them. That was it. So a lot more simplistic gameplay. But it was, it was interesting to go back and see that that was not something that they had in the first game, which is kind of cool. Most people just assume, oh, no, that's, that's Kirby. Right, right. Just, that's what he does. He's known for copying things, copy abilities. Yeah. Bigfoot, another game I reviewed. 
uh, most people say it's a really bad game. But it's a monster truck game mm. on the NES, and it is uh, it has top down view, two players, or you can play by yourself against a computer. It has a top down view where you're sort of like crunching cars and trying to win the race and collect money on the ground, and you're using that money to advance your career. And then after you do the overhead shot uh, levels, then there's these side view uh, monster truck races where you have to wiggle the D-pad back and forth hmm. to move. That's how you accelerate instead of just holding A or something. Right, right, right. Very not intuitive, and if you don't have the manual, you will not know how to play those sections. Mm-hmm. I only knew as I got older because I played it all the time at my buddy's house and then eventually got my own copy, which I played all the time, and then found out, oh, people hate this game. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. <laughs> that's one of those, it's those weird, that's a good, that'd be a good future video topic of, uh, you know, games everybody hates that I always loved, mm-hmm. you know? That, those happen a lot. Um, Deja Vu on the NES is another one that I really like. So Deja Vu was sort of part of this Mac Venture series where they were originally on the computer, and they were point-and-click adventures on the NES. And there was uh, Shadowgate... Deja Vu, and I believe there was another one. Uninvited, I think? I believe so. Yeah, one, you're like going through a haunted house. One's more like a medieval fantasy. And then Deja Vu is like a very, uh, like an old school, like crime drama sort of noir setting. Mm-hmm. And you wake up in, I, be- I think you're in a bathroom stall. And you don't, you forgot who you were. You've lost your memory. You've got amnesia. You don't recognize your face. And you've got items, and you're sort of uh, in that dungeon crawl POV screen where you can go through and turn left, turn right, go into buildings. And then you have, like, your uh, cursor, which you use with the D-pad, which isn't the greatest. I mean, it's definitely made for a mouse, and you can select items and use items on, like, use the gun and then hit use and then use it on the screen to shoot the thug or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of that sort of... Uh, you know, point-and-click adventure-style game with that POV. And that was one that my brother and I would play all the time. It had this really creepy atmosphere and really good music. Never beat it. Never beat the game, but really enjoyed what little time I did spend with it as a boy. Any other games that come to mind of your favorites of all time, those gut reaction favorites? You know... Because I've got a lot. i got a lot. Of yeah, I, I'm going to have to go to... Uh, well more modern games for me hey that's hey i didn't didn't say just retro right 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 um so obviously i'm not gonna talk about it because i've talked about it enough already witcher 3 mm. this- witcher 3 you like witcher 3 <sighs> are you a fan of witcher 3 <laughs> that's the only game you've played right <laughs> witcher 3 huh i just are you a fan of that you know I, i've actually been playing less video games since i completed that video game because no other- nothing else Nothing it's else like, it tastes, can satisfy like, Gerald the t- way Witcher 3 did. Everything else tastes like ash in my <laughs> mouth. It's just... Ooh, it tastes like, mm, oh, that tastes like the Avengers. And right. Dusted. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. Now, I believe you were not, you were, you were scared about the upcoming Netflix series, right? Oh, yeah, I'm still terrified about still it. Still terrified. Has yeah. there been any more info? Because obviously not a Witcher guy. I don't uh, know what's I, going on with I've it. been making a point not to look anything up. Any Anytime that pops up, on a, any kind of feeds that I have, I immediately look away. So are you just going to watch it when it drops yeah. and just binge it? Yep, that's that's the plan, and I don't want to know anything. I am. So you don't even know when it's going to take place the, or how old the he is? The only thing that I know about, and I'm bummed that I know about this, but I just know who was cast. Henry, right? Yeah. Superman. <sighs> Come on, it's he's super. He's a Superman. Look, that... <laughs> That cast, I really uh, want to be just proven wrong. Uh, I hope he does an amazing job. Hey, it always works when you go from 
blockbuster films to Netflix. You know, like I really, nothing would make me happier than to say, wow. Blown away. Blown away. Kind of like the Heath Ledger haters. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. He's my favorite jokester. You know, <laughs> I mean, but I'm Because nervous. I mean, I'll say I, I was not a Heath Ledger fan. I mean, he's a great actor, but mm -hmm. he just wasn't in movies that I cared about. When mm -hmm. I heard the announcement, I was like, Heath Ledger is the Joker? Oh my gosh. It's yeah. actually, actually a very similar kind of feeling right yeah. now that yeah. I have like he may surprise you there is no way that I thought Heath Ledger was going to do a good job I mean yeah. come on I figured he'd do like a middling job but then it's like oh, but then you gotta realize it's Christopher Nolan so he probably knows what he's doing but at the initial that initial mm -hmm. ugh. and I did the same thing stupidly with Ben Affleck I did that initial like oh come on and then a couple weeks go by I'm much quicker I was much quicker at realizing, you know what? Ben Affleck might actually knock it out of the park. Mm. And he kind of did. Ben Affleck was an awesome Batman. Unfortunately, he was Batman in the current status of DC movies, which are just not, they just don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And it's just all over the place. It's not smooth and consistent. It doesn't all have a similar feel. It's and a that's, shame. Yeah, you got a Joker movie coming out, and it's just all over the and place. And even that Joker movie is more like, what, like a character study, right? That looks like a, yeah, like a thriller drama. Yeah. It doesn't look like a comic book movie at all. No. And I think they've done that on purpose. No. They don't yeah. want it to. It's like, ooh, a trailer's hard to watch. It was like. It is. Mm. He needs to eat a couple sandwiches or something. He's like a little bony. Yeah. Looking bonier than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, really weird. So Witcher 3, uh, you likes it. You I likes do. it. Now, what three things about The Witcher 3, three, that's where we're going to do three, what are three things about The Witcher 3 that make it probably your favorite game of all time? Uh, definitely the... A sex appeal? <laughs> the character interactions. Okay. Like, you genuinely care about a lot of the other characters. So they don't feel like NPCs. Right. You'd never be like, oh, the NPCs in the game. You'd be like, the people in that game. Right. So they feel like real people. Mm-hmm. Do you mm -hmm. think a lot of that has to do with the voice work or just the way they've written? You know, both. Both. The voice work is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, Why didn't they get them to play their character? They probably don't look the parts. Well, Usually voice know. actors don't look like what you'd sometimes, expect them to look like. Sometimes. Um, didn't uh, shoot the uh, voice actress for Tomb Raider, right? Doesn't she sort of look the part? I forget the actress's name. I don't know. Maybe. She was on like Grey's Anatomy or something. I don't I have no idea. Yeah. I've played yeah. Tomb Raider since the PlayStation. Yeah, but but she did a good job. Yeah. I thought she did a very good job. So the characters and the way they sort of come to life, they mm -hmm. feel real. Yes. Okay, so that's yes. a big part of it. What else? Um, That's one. The, the scope of it. It was just, it's huge. It's So the open-worldness? Yes. Compared to Skyrim, how but, are they? Because, again, I don't know look, which are three. Which uh, have is the I bigger? Have I shared my view about Skyrim? Go ahead. I hate it. Really? I thought you really liked I Skyrim for a while. Hate Skyrim. Whoa. Hot takes. Oh my gosh. Abound. Listen. Why do you hate Skyrim? I thought you liked Skyrim. Even I thought that. What I, has changed? I tried to like it when I when I got the VR. Oh, so you hate Skyrim VR? No. Right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I I I hate Skyrim. Period. Period. I got the Skyrim VR. They really wanted to to like that and i really mm -hmm. thought man if if i can't get into skyrim vr like this is this is the dream right to be able to step into one of these open world kind of rpg yeah fantasy and settings just be all in and man i just I, I i hate the game it's way overrated i think um it's just monotonous 
you fight the same enemies over and over and over again. Mm. Um, the the combat I think is repetitive. The NPCs, I don't care about them. They use the same voice actors over and over again. Yeah. Hate that game. And wow. I, so I when did you, now well, now didn't you put a ton of time in this? I did. Game? Oh my gosh, loved Oblivion, loved Elder Scrolls Four. Okay. Okay, that was a way better game. What do you think it is? They just pushed Skyrim out too quick, or what? They just didn't uh, felt too different from Oblivion. Yeah, it's just it just you don't. I don't care the whole the whole Dragonborn thing. Okay, so it's one of the things that really started for me is you progress. Uh, originally, you start in the game. You're this nobody. Mm. You know, everybody's kind of giving you a hard time. Yeah, it makes sense. It's fine. Then you become the Dragonborn. Mm-hmm. Right, they're yeah. still giving you a hard time. Nothing changes. Mm. So there's not enough of an arc for you. Yeah, it's a joke. It's a joke. Welcome back to our favorite video games podcast episode, right? where Gerald poops on Skyrim. Oh my gosh. Hmm. That's okay. I mean, I don't. I mean, that doesn't offend me because I don't prefer Western RPGs anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Skyrim is very much. A Western RPG, and I do. I I'm prefer. not a JRPG fan. Yeah, that's my preference. Is yeah. JRPGs for sure. Um, speaking of my favorite game, back to favorites. So Witcher Three. So mine, it's the series, of course. Suikoden. Mm-hmm. The Suikoden series is my favorite of all time. There's hands down, and it is because of same number one reason as you. The story and the characters mattered, and it's like oh, there's 108 player characters. To an extent, I mean, recruits Mm -hmm. in your main crew. And all of them have, they feel like real people, not just like, oh, this person is, you know, they don't all fit some stereotype, some character stereotype where, oh, no, he's just the big buff guy or he's the big, yeah. Because it's not, in this game, it's not, it's not a big buff guy. It's Ronnie Bell, who's a big buff girl. You know, they they flip it. It's like, no, no, the big brooding is a girl. Mm -hmm. And it's just interesting that uh, they, they have these, for a 2D sprite-based game on the PlayStation in that era, in the era of what was, you know, Final Fantasy VII becoming huge in these 3D cutscenes and all this stuff, then you have Suikoden over there with its 2D, like, basically some of the, mm, some solid sprite work done. And, uh, yeah, a lot of people missed out on there. But for me, it's hard to pick between Suikoden 1 and Suikoden 2 because Suikoden 2 is the first game I played. And then I went back and played Suikoden 1 and filled in the gap. I was like, oh, that's where, oh, that's where he's from. Oh, this is what happened before. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool to see, like, oh, Victor and Flick, which are these classic characters from Suikoden 2. You go back, and I got to see, you know, what they were doing before they had this mercenary camp. And I think I have a, a soft spot for the first game. And I, for the longest time, I've tried to convince myself that that's my favorite. Suikoden 2, I think, is the better game. But Suikoden 1 just has this, mm. and I've described it before as Suikoden 2 is like more polished despite the translation issues and glitches it has in it. Despite that, it feels more polished. And then Suikoden 1, my comparison would be Suikoden 1 feels like a stop motion, if you were to compare it, like a stop motion animation. You can see the fingerprints in the work. I've said this many times to many people. And then Suikoden 2 feels like it's a CG film. Like it's just very... They got it, figured out, they knew what they were doing based on that first one, smoothed out some of the wrinkles, I guess. And you can even see it in the portrait work. If you look at the portraits 
for the characters when they're speaking in Suikoden 1 compared to the ones in Suikoden 2, you can just see that polish difference. And that's what it always reminds me of. It's like stop motion clay versus an actual CG rendering or something. But Suikoden 2 is such a big, in-depth game. Suikoden 1, you can beat in 20 hours. Mm -hmm. Suikoden 2, that's not happening because there is just so much depth to the characters, the 108, and what they can do and what they bring to your headquarters. Whereas Suikoden 1, I will admit, some of the characters that come to your headquarters are just kind of there. They're just kind of standing around. Whereas in Suikoden 2, I feel like a lot more of them have something going on in your base after you recruit them. Like uh, the chef. So you would think you recruit a character who's going to become the, the chef of the headquarters. You're like, eh, he's probably not a playable character even though you recruited him. It's like, nope, he can fight. And not only can he fight... He has a whole separate mini-game storyline that can occur in your base where they do Iron Chef competitions. Wow. And every time when you go in, a, a random chef will come and challenge him to become the greatest chef in the world, and it does this whole Iron Chef mini-game every time. There's like seven or eight sessions of this mini-game that can occur where you'll get three random uh, recruits from the 108 that will come in, and they'll be the judges— Hmm. They do the music and everything, and it's like, all right, here's your ingredients. That's pretty cool. These wow. are the recipes you need to make, and you make them, and whoever you know likes the best, and your goal is to, you know, as the chef, win those sort of Iron Chef tournaments. And it's just so cool. And it's like, Iron Chef is in Suikoden 2. That's how good that game is. Wow. So I would probably have to say Suikoden 2 is the best of the series. Is it my favorite? Uh, mm, we'll see. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Maybe. But Suikoden 1 has always been uh, at that top tier. Always been at that top tier. So we got our definite top games of all time, right? Witcher 3 is definitely number one. Yeah, well, mm, let me throw a mobile game in there. Okay. Okay. Okay, so Witcher favorite... Console. Console PC game. Right, yes, yes. Okay, and yes. for me, definitely Suikoden or Suikoden 2, maybe. Mm -hmm. Okay, so mobile game. Favorite mobile game of all time could compete with The Witcher 3? Are you telling me a mobile game? Here's the thing. Could it compete with Witcher 3? Not in content, but... Replayability? In... Re yeah, and, and just my attention to it. It's uh, I'm a sucker for dice and card games, first of all. Like mm -hmm. collectible card games. Right. And uh, like Yahtzee-style... That that mechanism with dice where you roll your dice, you keep the ones you want, you roll re-roll the ones you don't like. You think guys, you think Witcher 3 is an amazing game? Wait till you try Yahtzee. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you so, see. So but these here's dice. the thing. So so I've mentioned it before. Convince me. Um Aridin Arena that yes, I love. Which I've still not seen. Here's the thing. I've been playing that game for years. Yeah, I gotta admit, there's there's mobile games that I've played for years off and on, and I never, what's funny though is I never feel like I really play it, like I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get home and play it, yet I still play them for yeah. years, isn't that weird? I mean, and and I really hmm. enjoy it when I play it, and and the battles last like maybe two minutes. Yeah. And yeah, most are like two to three minute rounds. But like, and then... listen, I, I'll I'll get bored with, with mobile games, and I'll play them hard for a couple months, and I'll be like, you know what, I'm... I'm done. But that's one of the ones that... You know, but this has been around... This is one of the first ones that I really loved, and it's been around for the for years. I mean... Just can't get away from it. Yeah. I, even now, I, I... Man, I want to play it right now. That's weird. Yeah. That is weird. I've never been... I mean, though I've played some mobile games for years, there's one I've played for probably two or three years uh, consistently. It's never been 
but I've never thought about it when I wasn't playing. Mm. The only time I think about it is when a push notification happens and I'm like, gotcha. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I'm looking at some other folder on my phone of apps and I see it. I'm like, oh, well, let me pop in and yeah, do see, a not, couple battles. Not me. This this game, and I tip my hat to the developers in that they're still, so, you know, they're constantly supporting it. But they have, you know, like like a lot of games, they have their events over the weekend. And it's always in the back of my mind. Oh, got to do that event. That I have to, I I have to play some time. Cards. Yeah, it sounds ridiculous. Well, that's what, that's what pissed me off about Animal Crossing. Right. That it's like, oh, I feel like I can't get everything. And I know they made a huge number of updates to Pocket Camp since I pulled back. Mm-hmm. I think you can actually have a house now. It's not just a campsite mm. anymore. I believe it's some sort of house or, or something. But I just can't. I, I, it hurt me so bad after putting almost a year into it and doing everything you could. I get it. I had to, I was like, no, I gotta I get call it. it. I was now, gonna wait for it on the Switch. With with Aridin Arena, they got a little greedy, mm. um, which it did turn me off. I, I stopped for- welcome to, welcome to mobile games. Right? That's for one of the about, biggest pitfalls. Yeah, for about six months or so, I stopped completely. Um, and then I came back to it and um, begrudgingly playing because I, I really enjoy it. But there was a time when- um, I wouldn't call it necessarily free to play, but you really could. If, if you were grinding grinding enough, yeah, you could get those cards. Um, but it's a game that you kind of have to pay into. Uh, to yeah. not go crazy. Well, no, no, yeah, basically. I mean, even now, like you can still grind and grind and grind and grind, and chances are pretty low you won't get every card before the event ends. Yeah, see, that's what kind of irritates me about mobile games is I would much rather pay up front mm-hmm. and be able to unlock everything then have to oh, I want to pay a little bit every time there's an event yeah there's microtransactions because don't don't call it free to play if I can't play everything mm-hmm. for free because mm-hmm. then it's like oh you know now does yeah. it have ads or anything on it there's no Doesn't, ads no, or anything. no ads well, that's, so good. that's good well that's good it's just you have to you gotta buy those gems to unlock yeah, the yeah, an extra card yeah, pool or whatever. Yeah. That's the stuff that bothers me yeah. about. Ugh. But but it does speak to how much I enjoy the game because the fact I, that you can look past the, that. Yeah, yeah. I will not pay for a game if I don't really enjoy it. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. not. So there's your there's your top two for sure. Airden Arena and Witcher Three. Mm-hmm. So for me, Sweeping One and Two. And man, like I'm looking at my list of like my go to games and it's you know, the obvious the obvious response for like my second favorite game, the obvious one has to be a Final Fantasy because mm-hmm. I, as much as I love Suikoden and I, I prefer it to Final Fantasy in many many ways, I've spent way more time on the Final Fantasy series because one, there's way more games, and they're they're much more in depth past the the ones of Suikoden where you have Suikoden one and two which are like the pinnacle, then you have three, four, and five which have a very different. <sighs> feel they, they moved in the 3d a lot of people like three i didn't like three at first a lot of people hate four most people hate four i really liked four hmm. and then five is considered a hearkening back to the first two games but they're all ps2 so you have these two games on ps1 and these three games on ps2 and it's sort of like very self-contained whereas you had three amazing main entry final fantasy games on the playstation and then you had 10 on the PS2, which was fine. Then you have 10 2, which was what? And then from there, I'm gone. Yeah. Then it goes to the PS3. So it made a huge jump so quickly for me. 
And now if you really want to go back with Final Fantasy, the original, you have NES, and then nothing until the Super Nintendo. And then for us, we get two and three, which are four and six, mm -hmm. Final Fantasy four and six, amazing games. Great. So you get one, then you get two on the Super Nintendo, then you get three on the PlayStation, and then you look at the Japanese side of things where you had Final Fantasy one, two, and three on the NES, four, five, and six on the Super Nintendo, and then seven, eight, nine on the PlayStation. Ooh, I love that. How mm, three, 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 mm, so good. They know what they're doing over there in Japan. That's why, <laughs> and we missed out on so much. But for me to pick one Final Fantasy, it's almost as hard as picking between Suikoden one and two. Uh, I mean, I love a lot of people are like, oh, you're not a real Final Fantasy fan unless your favorite one is is six or four. You know, two and three over here on Super Nintendo. If the Super Nintendo ones aren't your favorite. You're not a real Final Fantasy fan. I'm like, well. I don't know. I mean, I love the 2D-based games, but they weren't ones that I owned on the Super Nintendo growing up, and they were games that I revisited when the re-releases happened on the PlayStation 1, where they released Final Fantasy Anthology, which released 5 and 6, 5 for the first time in America, on the original PlayStation as like a remaster of the a port of the Super Nintendo. It wasn't really a remaster. And I fell in love with Final Fantasy 5. Again, not everybody likes five. Most people would say six or four, the pinnacle of Super Nintendo Final Fantasy. I just really like five. They had one of the best job class systems. Mmm, juicy. But old, like pre-3D, Final Fantasy V, by far my favorite. And then after that, the the between seven, eight, and nine, it's so it's so difficult. Because I've spent hundreds of hours in seven, hundreds of hours in eight, and hundreds of hours in nine. But I, I'd probably have to hit nine. Because 9 harkened back to the old school style. You had black mages. It had this medieval fantasy setting. And at the time, if you remember, in my circles at the time, Final Fantasy 9 was not beloved like 7 and 8 were. Mm -hmm. 9 was seen as like, eh, I didn't really like 9. You know, because it went back to the old school style. It wasn't this modern world like 7 and 8 were, where people were like humans and... You know, there weren't it, there were dragons, but there weren't like dragons like this medieval fantasy style which nine had. I don't know, but nine nine definitely when it comes to three D, my favorite Final Fantasy. So between nine and five, very similar to Suikoden one and two. I'd probably give it to nine though. I'd probably give it to nine, maybe. I don't know, because Vivi. I mean, I mean, come on, right? Yeah, I'm wearing it. It's basically what he is right here, Black Mage in your face. So Final Fantasy nine, and then Suikoden one or two, probably my top. Yours, a mobile game, and uh, Witcher 3. <laughs> but that's okay. But I, I think right there is probably a time for a game break. All right, we are back. We've got, for this game break, some final pieces of fan mail. Because as I said at the beginning of the show, we're going to be uh, sort of a hiatus situation. Season 2 of Digitally Distracted? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that's going to be. I don't know what that's going to be. Don't get scared yet. We still have one more episode. We're going to be finishing out with episode 20, you know, that's a nice round number, sort of finish up what we'll call season one, the start of what Digitally Distracted is and was. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But for now, we're going to look at some leftover items that have been sent in that I, I've really been excited to open up. I like to open up things live mm -hmm. with Gerald. And here we go. We got this uh, to Game Dave in the P.O. Box from John Hicks again, who sent us the... Uh, Shanghai, yeah, <laughs> Shanghai poster, little Jackie, Jackie and Owen Wilson. So my assumption, based on his uh, previous access to posters, right, must be something in here poster related, 
or he's trying to really throw us off the scent. It's possible. With this packaging. It's just some pencils or something. If I can get into it. <laughs> it's a poster. I wasn't wrong. I'm not crazy. Nope. Okay. You want to yeah, pull the old tube? Yeah, boy. All right, what do we got? Oh, no. So I only can see right. this, and I already know, I think, what it is. Do you know what this is? Uh, maybe. So I have. I swear to you, I I'm, Gerald saw it. I literally just cut the tape off. It's true. Just cut the tape off. I have not opened this prior. Just seeing that, I believe this is a poster for the original Dungeons & Dragons movie. That's what I was going to guess. Which, uh, oh, man. I love It's so bad, but I still loved it. Mm-hmm. It's got to be, right? Yeah, that's it's totally <laughs> Jeremy Irons. Yep. Oh, oh, Marlon Wayans. Oh, Marlon Wayans. <sighs> man, wait a second. Am I, is my brain working? No, your brain is working, or both of our brains are. It's a du- oh, okay, it's double sided. Oh, I was wow. like, why is it backwards? Yeah, kind of threw me off, too. There it is. Dungeons and Dragons. There oh, there's a note. Oh, yeah, let's get that. So, there's Dungeons and Dragons poster. Thank you, John. I actually really loved this movie when I was, uh, when I was younger. Big fan. Mm. I can see. It's just so ridiculous. It's such a ridiculous movie. Now, they made another one. Yeah. And I never saw that one, but I heard it was a little more to the source material. It mm. didn't have the sort of goofiness gotcha. of the original. Let's see what we got. Hey, I really enjoyed seeing you guys open the Shanghai Noon poster. My friend Justin and I got a good laugh out of seeing you guys get it. We also enjoyed the episode very much. Copyright, public domain, and the ethics regarding both is not an easy topic. Mm. Yeah, we know. Yeah. Anywho, I really felt like Gerald should have gotten a poster, too. <laughs> I have no idea what happened, but I did find a poster that's kind of funny. It's not in the best shape. It looks good to me. But I'd rather see you guys get a kick out of seeing it than let it sit in some dark corner of my garage. Enjoy, fellas. This one's for Mr. Gerald. Thanks for the episodes. John, the social lizard. If possible... Could you guys give a shout-out to Justin Shelton? That would be great. Shout-out to Justin Absolutely, Shelton. Absolutely, Justin. Glad you guys both enjoy the show, you and Justin. Thanks yeah. so much. Thanks, John. Appreciate that, man. I must I must hand over. Look at that. Your beautiful poster, Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, this is this is really cool. He's going to hang it up in his bathroom. Yeah. Get it framed so, you know, no water damage, no moisture damage. <sighs> got to protect it. Now, that's not it. That's not it. What? we got another piece of fan mail that needs to be opened. Now, this one, I, I've sort of preempted this one. Normally, I don't do this, but I had to make sure everything was okay because uh, th this came all the way from the UK. So there's a bit of a, a travel on this one. Hmm. And uh, Gerald has not seen it. I haven't, I haven't seen any of these. No. So this will be a, a super surprise for Gerald. I mean, this is, this is pretty cool. A ream of Xerox performance laser paper. Wow. <laughs> no. Look at that box. Any ideas? Any predictions? What uh, this might no. be? I do want to read the newspaper, though. Yes. Let's do the crossword. Oh, good. He left it for us. I have no idea. They're heavy. Very heavy. Very, very heavy. Well, for me, they're heavy. Mm. Weak forearms. Are you ready for this? This is so, this is so perfect. What did I... Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> talking about our... Hey! <laughs> talking about our favorite video games. Wow! Yep, take these little stickies off here. Man, that is cool. There you go. Final Fantasy VII. 
Man, that is nice. I know, right? How awesome. Yeah. So cool. The Witcher 3. Yes. It's like he Thank knew. Thank you. Even though I should have said I should have said seven now instead of nine. <laughs> but yeah, I believe he custom made these. Wow. These were custom made. That's some good work. Yeah, awesome. That's some good work. Definitely gotta get these bad boys hung up. Oh, absolutely. That's super cool. That's that's so cool. I know, right? Man. So good. Oh boy. So first we have uh, congratulations on the baby. So if you didn't know, I I birthed a child. I was the f- junior. I was the first one, first male to ever poop out a baby. But uh, please accept these small gifts for you and Gerald. Uh, the white one is for you, and the black one is for Gerald. The Witcher three and Final Fantasy seven, which I love. Final Fantasy seven. When I hit seven thousand seven hundred and seventy seven subscribers, I actually did a special video about the lucky sevens trick in Final Fantasy seven, hmm. which is a very fun trick where you basically attack and keep doing 7,777 damage until the enemy dies, Hmm. if you can pull off the trick. It's very cool. If you haven't seen that episode, check it out. These were very difficult to make as they are made from 6 millimeter thick, low iron, crystal clear glass with radius corners and polished all round. The glass was then toughened to make it stronger. The lettering was done in liquid silver, which looks like mirror lettering, and the rest in special glass paint. These are very expensive. Bespoke and one of a kind. I really do hope you like them. Yes, this is my way of paying you for agreeing to review or shout out my game, I hope. Please. Uh, Sure, no problem. If possible, I'd like you to advertise my mobile phone game on your channel. See? Transparency. Transparency. But he did email. He's like, I'm going to send you these either way. Yeah. If you'd shout out my game, it'd be great. Listen, you know how I feel about mobile games, so I'm going to check it out. This was not going to be what you're expecting. I will say that. Okay, fair (laughs) enough. It's called... Kids, leave the room. It's called Try It On. It is available for free to download on the Google Play Store and Apple App Store. Uh, I do not expect my game to make me a millionaire or anything like that, but of course, if it did make me any money, that would be great, but I won't hold my breath. The game is aimed towards teenagers and adults to help educate and protect them from... What do you think? Try it on? (laughs) I think you know. (laughs) I think you have an idea. STIs. Little, little, uh, you know... That's transmitted listen, infection. Listen, hey, the real world. The real world. It it's an it's got an educational purpose. Yeah, I'm a, I'm I'm gonna download it. Absolutely. I'm gonna download it. Try it on. That's right. And it says, and if I can help even just one man or woman protect themselves, just one, then this arduous development journey would have been worth it. I know you're a teacher, so perhaps you might even be able to recommend it to some of your colleagues to use as a fun way of learning. Not in the elementary school, but <laughs> definitely in the high school, for sure. If you search on the Google Play or the Apple App Store. It should show up. Try it on. It's uh, A-I-I-T is the company, and as mentioned, the app is called Try It On. So if you want to check it out, try it on. And uh, you get a little logo of what appears to be a little protecty boy. We call uh. those protecty boys around my house, <laughs> which was not utilized in the creation no. of my son. No. Surprise. Oh. <laughs> uh, First of all, let me say a big thank you for everything you have done for me as a passionate fan of computer and video games. I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed your content over the past three years. You're one of the YouTubers I watch the most and always check your videos every week to see if you have uploaded anything new. And I especially look forward to your gaming chats with Gerald. I know you get a few negative comments from people who say you don't cover enough stuff, especially Sega-related games, but I think what you do cover is fantastic. I love your PS1 Classic video, and I've watched it three times now, but my goodness, the comment section has not been kind to you in that video. It's true. When things go mainstream, people have a lot to say. 
I thought it was great, and I could not help but laugh when you recommended or when you mentioned America. Imagine having all of your games as slow PAL versions, and that is what I, <laughs> yeah, I mentioned a thing about PAL. I and gamers in Europe have had to deal with for so many years, it sucks, but at least it's better now with the PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Because they released a singular version of the PlayStation Classic for both America and Europe. Mm. Which means some of the games are PAL versions, which run at 50 hertz, whereas ours run at 60 hertz. Mm. So they run slower and they stutter. Why Why not just, come on, Sony, make two. Crazy. And Crazy. See, he's from there, and he's on my side. Don't hate me in the comments over there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people appreciate you have a full-time job and I myself have a work day which is from 6 a.m. to 5 p.m. every day plus I do overtime here and there oh my goodness yes it, it's intense I'm a father and I have two little girls I'm a husband plus I have two stepsons I support as well and uh, I work as I battle through London traffic and go home to my wife and help out with the four kids cooking and cleaning and <laughs> I do not have time to research anything gaming related or even watch TV. I try to squeeze your videos in when I'm having lunch at work or at bedtime when all the kids are finally asleep and I grab 10 to 30 minutes to watch videos on my phone. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's hard enough to make videos uh, working full time. Um, but yeah, no, it's awesome. I actually started gaming on an Atari 800XL, which is when I started to learn to program. I was five years old when I wrote my first video game. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. In any case, thanks for everything. Hope you like the gifts. One more thing. Gerald, how could you put all your games in a shoebox? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all the best. Take care. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Uh, this is just, this is awesome. Yeah. Well, I guess we better get back to talking about favorite video games. So after that uh, very extensive game break, we had a little bit of time left to talk about some games, and you were starting to get into the more modern stuff. Mm. So I want to talk about a PS3 game that I think was criminally unplayed and no longer exists, really. And that's Blur. So I really like kart racers, mm. hence Super Mario Kart. I'm a big fan of Chocobo Racing, which is a Final Fantasy kart racer. Yeah, you love racer. that game. And uh, what we know what was so cool about Chocobo Racing is it was very kiddie feeling, but it wasn't an easy game. And if you really mastered it, at the end of each story mode playthrough, you would get the chance to... Uh, create your own racer and give them stats, and then you could race with those racers. Oh, and you cool. could use the different skins and stuff, which was kind of cool. But Blur kind of blurred the lines <laughs> between doing a kart racer and a realistic sort of racer. So there were cars that were real cars in the game. It had crashing physics, which a lot of times, you know, Gran Turismo doesn't show any sort of damage, things like that, which bothers me. I like to see the, the smashage. But you could also pick up power-ups. So it also had that aspect. So it had the kart racer sort of power-ups, but it had real cars. The graphics were really good. PlayStation 3, I think it was on, might have been on the Xbox 360 as well. But, you know, the racing server shut down, and we've, we've not received any more. I would have loved a sequel to Blur. Loved that game. Hidden gem on the PS3, but you can't really play it the way that you would have now that the servers are down. And that's one of the biggest issues with these games that have modes that rely so heavily on the multiplayer, once those servers are... I mean, who's going to keep the servers up? Right. Nobody. You know, after a while. And I know we just got... Uh, I just got an email or a notification about some PSVR games, I believe. I, Drive Club VR. Really? Drive Club VR, the servers for that are going to drop off soon. Wow. You'll still be able to play it, but it'll have to be the single-player single modes. Right. So there, no more Drive Club VR online after a certain date. Wow. I don't know if it's already passed or not. <laughs> 
Hmm. Maybe when this video comes out, it may have already passed. Hmm. That's messed up. Yeah. So that, but that's the thing. That's I mean, like, it costs, that, again, that's one of your greatest fears. Yeah, and that's the issue with games having you know these online modes and also having servers that have to be maintained. And I totally get it because they have to be paid for and it costs money to run servers. Every game isn't run off the same server necessarily. Right. So they have to drop it out. It's just a shame because I haven't gotten a lot of time with Drive Club VR. I mean, it'd be cool to go online and play with people. I mean, I prefer single-player anyway, but that's the kind of game, like, racing online, it makes sense. Especially right. with other VR drivers, right. it's just kind of cool. Yeah. So it's it's unfortunate that that's happening. And Blur, same thing. The servers are gone. It's a PS3 game. Old news now. Mm-hmm. Whereas the old non-internet-based games that had split-screen multiplayer, you mm. can still play them. Yeah. You still go back and play those games. You just have to do it with people in the room, which... That's my preference, honestly. Yeah, at least it maintains all the aspects of the game. So I wish, nothing in yeah. the game can ever become broken because of the internet. I wish there were more couch co-op games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's something the Switch is, would, is trying to do, mm-hmm. maybe. I, I don't know, know if they see people see the value or developers it, it, see the value as much. In retrospect, I almost wish... Like, I'm glad I supported the VR, you know, purchasing that hardware. Um, but part of me wishes maybe I would have gotten a Switch instead. Maybe. But here's the good thing, though. You buying it clearly is the reason that the PS5 will officially be backwards compatible with PSVR. Oh, nice. And all PS4 really? games, supposedly. It'll be, okay, yeah. so now I feel better then. So it's going to stick around. I, I'm still holding out that they're going to make an updated headset at some point, a PSVR 2. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they but will. But the fact that PSVR current will be backwards compatible with the PS5 is major. So we're not going to see it this year. We'll probably see it in 2020. Mm-hmm. But that's that's exciting. That means yeah. that PlayStation sees VR as a viable thing. So mm-hmm. the niche community, us, <laughs> right? It's still it's such a small community. It is in the grand schemes. Like we sold millions and millions of headsets, but that's not in the grand scheme of things enough to push it as like the only thing you want to play. Right. And that's sort of the problem. And you see it even in, um, you know, when people post videos about VR, they don't do as well. Unless you have a VR dedicated channel, Mm -hmm. that's all you talk about and you've reached into every nook and cranny of the communities that play VR, videos don't do super well. Um, You know, Johnny from Happy Console Gamer, he and I have talked about VR a lot. He loves VR, just like we do. Mm Mm-hmm. And he kind of had to stop talking about it because it just people aren't watching those videos mm. about VR. And he reviewed a ton of VR games. And, you know, I did my VR series. There's more VR games I'm going to review. I'm going to look at them anyway. Despite the view counts, I still want to talk about them and share them. It's because you can't see it. You have to experience it to yeah. really get it. Yeah. My brother finally tried it. Did he? He finally tried it um, recently. And... He didn't really want to. And I was like, dude, come over. Next time you come over, try PSVR. He's like, ah, it just seems like a gimmicky thing. Just look at the screen. He's like, no, 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 you try it. Put him in the game. He was like, oh, my God. Right? He had no idea. What, what did you put him in? I put him in, I believe he did Shooty Fruity was mm-hmm. the first one because mm-hmm. it's just such an easy one to get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't put him in any horror games yet, but, mm-hmm. I mean, he's a horror fan. So, right, right. Yeah, oh, just, my gosh. Yeah, he didn't realize. He was like, I didn't realize how cool it was. Oh, my gosh. The potential is there just, you know, I mean, I feel like, the Batman one is really kind of just a proof and concept. Yeah. I mean, you know? it was a launch title. Yeah, yeah. But that just shows you what it's capable of. You yeah, because even that game, I mean, I mean, you could get 10 hours of gameplay out oh of that. Oh, my. You feel like yeah. you're in the comic. It's amazing. Yeah, and what's great about 
that is that it's not an action game. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of detective work going on. Yeah, you throw in some Batarang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not really, it doesn't really work in VR, but the detective side of Batman is perfect for VR. Mm-hmm. You, know, ex- mm-hmm. you know, scanning and looking through things. Now, room scale VR on mm. the PC where you can actually move around and have like, the, the problem is people don't have the space to set up a padded, right. <laughs> dedicated room. Right. And that's that's where, for VR to get better, now we're talking about VR. For VR to get better, you got you got to have gloves that are fully yep. interactive, and if they make something that's that's across the board consistent that works for everybody, that's just a glove that you wear that can have haptic feedback, and you can completely manipulate fingers. That's when POV games are going to be perfect, mm-hmm. good to go. As soon as you get that glove situation going on, and then the other aspect, room scale, and figuring out how can you move around in a game and it feel natural. Mm-hmm. Because when you're not Locomotion is okay, like whipping your arms back and forth to move works, but it doesn't feel natural. No. It feels better than maybe just pushing a joystick and standing or sitting. Right. But if if they can figure out a way to make walking in a game and moving in, in without teleporting. Teleporting, I think, is is the holdback. Because I teleporting bothers me. It bothers me too. In in games. But you have to. The Skyrim, you you kind of gotta teleport, right? Or you have to use a dual shock, right? Yeah. Now did you do dual shock or teleporting? Um, you know, I would actually, I did both. Yeah, because what fun, to me, the fun of doing a game like Skyrim in VR would be using the motion call and casting a spell, pulling back and shooting an arrow. Right. And then it's like, yeah, but motion, to move yourself, it's easier to just yeah, use a dual shock. I think and then it's like you're what, just the what game. I settled on yeah. was the dual shock because you're, you're moving 100% of the time, but you're not fighting 100% of the time. Yeah. You know, yeah. So yeah, that's the that's as the much sad fun part. as it was to kind of shoot, you know, pull that bow back and mm-hmm. you know do the whole slashing. It, yeah, I don't know the dual. Shot. Those are the two things. People say, oh, when the headset gets smaller, it'll be easier. You know what? I don't think the headset size no, is the no, issue. No, 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 no. Because when you're in it, when you're you in don't it, think about no. It. Yeah. So I think gloves and then a way to to track movement in a way that allows you to continue yeah. continue to use motion controls. But that's good news about the PS5. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be supported, and because VR stuff. Could be our favorite games in the future. Mm, oh yeah! If they continued with it, uh, but Blur was really like the only like new new game that really kind of hit it for me that I, I had to talk about. A, a lot of my favorites are old school because I've had hours and hours of time because I was able to play more games back then. Mm-hmm. I was able to spend a hundred hours playing Final Fantasy IX or Suikoden when I was younger. Mm-hmm. It's hard to sit down and play a game for a hundred hours. The only yeah. game I've done that with recently. Or games, Super Smash Brothers mm-hmm. Ultimate. I put over a hundred hours in somehow because you know why? Because I had a baby and I was stuck in the hospital. Mm. <laughs> and Octopath Traveler, which you know I haven't streamed it in a while. Finally played off stream. I've eat, I put a hundred hours in that mm. game, and I've just done, I love that game. It's so old school. So and everybody's like, oh, it's so grindy. It's repetitive. I love it. I absolutely love. I get that. It. So good. Um, one more I want to talk about on my favorites. People are probably like, Dave, you haven't said Chrono Trigger. You talk about Super Nintendo games and only liking the, the go-tos. Why haven't you talked about Chrono Trigger? Because I like Chrono Cross better. And there's going to get hate for that. There's going to be some hate. Chrono Cross is one of my favorite PlayStation games of all time. One of my favorite RPGs. Way, way above Chrono Trigger for me. Love it. Love Chrono Cross. Sorry. So many characters in that game. Classic JRPG. I mean, I who I could almost play that over a Final Fantasy game at times. I love Chrono, Chrono Cross so much. 
So there you go. Yeah, that's 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 good stuff. Now yeah. we're, we're running out of time. So any other faves you want to talk about before we, we kind of close things up here? Um, you know, I just kinda, I, I could keep going. I, so I, many. I just I just thought of one uh, just kind of last minute. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I I have to give some uh some love to Darkest Dungeon. It's a genre. You know, it's it's the theme. That I really love. Okay, yeah, I and know Darkest Dungeon. It's it's repetitive, but man, I, I love that game. Is that sort of a game. storybook style? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. I just want to make and sure I was And it's kind of got that Lovecraftian theme. Yep, yep. There was a, uh, I took a look at that and reviewed it on the Switch. Not on my channel, but uh -huh. I, I looked at it on the Switch version. It's it's really good. So yeah. well done. The it's, narrator. It's very much a dungeon crawler. Yes. And you're just trying to get as far as you can. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, but it's one of those games where it's, you know. Such a unique style. At first, I didn't like it because it felt like it was almost like a very well done Flash game. Right, 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 but right. then you get into it and you realize it's, yeah. it's more than that. Yeah. Um, Darkest Dungeon. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's, a, it's a cool game. Mm hmm little, little hard, very horrific style and i think that's one Very of the things that i, I love about it it, it is, is definitely oh, dark so good it really is that's yeah, a dark game yeah darkest dungeon what a, what a good one to end on mm -hmm. that's a good one darkest dungeon let us know your favorite games in the comments section we'll be watching there because i always check our comments for some q a related things yeah i've only got two quickies because we got to close out this episode but this one's from richard king on the emulation and roms episode mm. and he said and gerald was never heard from again. <laughs> if you need a new co-host, I'm available. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> That's the real reason the season's over. <laughs> and then this one from Patrick. Patrick Waffles 7. Game Dave, not my favorite system either, but this looks nostalgia-inducing. Streets of Rage 4. So he showed me Streets of Rage 4. And then side question, for Digitally Distracted, I need to know what y'all's top fantasy RPGs and on what console they are. So, of course, already went over that. He put hashtag FF7, hashtag FF9. So Final Fantasy IX, Chrono Cross, Suikoden 1 and 2. Witcher 3. Witcher 3. Yeah. I also really like Guardian's Crusade, which is not talked about much. You're this little, it's very cutesy looking, but mm -hmm. it's pretty deep. You're this little blue knight, very cartoony. And you have this little pink baby creature. And then much later, uh, spoilers, you find out he's a, he's a powerful dragon. Hmm. But really, he's kind of like with you. It's almost sort of Pokemon style. It has these, man, what a good game. But that'll be a review. I'm going to review that game. I'm going to review that. I'm going to review the hell out of that game. Excuse my mouth. Excuse my language. But I'm going to review the hell out of it. <laughs> so that's good. That's good. That's going to do it for our Q&A. Wow. Now, I want to say, not our typical episode ending uh thank you so much for watching uh and getting digitally distracted with gerald and i uh again there's going to be one more episode episode 20 will be coming out next shortly hopefully and uh you know obviously we have the p.o box and we are so thankful for everything you've sent out yeah thank but, you so um, much just keep in mind that if you're planning to send anything out maybe wait maybe wait because i you know i feel really terrible if, if things were sent and we weren't able to show them um on the show so you know message me beforehand maybe because uh, we want to make sure we are able to show everything before we close out Digitally Distracted. So keep that in mind. But until next time, I'm Game Dave. I'm Gerald. Thanks for getting Digitally Distracted with us. <laughs>